Good morning everyone and welcome once again to a badge of honor. What better gift can I give on a Christmas day? I guess the best thing I could give is to share the love of Christ. And by sharing his love, he wants you to know the exact reason for the season. A lot of times we say it in a religious way. Um, celebrate the reason for the season without really explaining what the reason for the season is. A lot of people believe it's based on Santa Claus and they're trying to use Santa Claus, reindeers, and um, North Pole to make us forget the real reason for the season. So much so that Christ is carefully erased from Christmas. So we see red, we see blue, we see white clothing, we see elves, we see midgets, we see leprechauns, but we don't see Christ. They even try and change the name from Christmas to Xmas. And in the olden days, X was used for the unknown. And in mathematics and science, we know that X is used for the unknown. So it's trying to say, we don't know who owns Christmas. We don't know who owns this mass, which is celebration. So they put Xmas and try to make us forget. And you see so many movies coming out now. And it's all about Santa Claus. All about the North Pole. All about sharing gifts. But who are you celebrating? They're making you, they're trying to make you forget. Do not forget. It is called Christmas. Celebration of Christ. And a lot of people or theologists will tell you that it was the Roman um, ruler, Constantine, that actually um, named 25th of December as Christmas Day. And he changed it from the pagan religion celebration, the day they used to celebrate pagans, which was a Roman um religious celebration and he changed that date to the to commemorate commemorate the birth of christ so it is not whether it is the exact date or not we've chosen a date to celebrate christ and the world is still trying to take it away so that said i'm continuing on um a, a subject a topic that i started which is oxymoron, and this is oxymoron too. Now, like I said, oxymoron is when you use two opposite words to define each other. Like when you say loud silence, that's oxymoron. When you say a rich poor man, that's oxymoron. When you say deafening silence, that's oxymoron. I won't want to go back and define oxymoron so that I can save time and then just um, get to the message of the day. So I, I started by saying that Jesus talked about the good Samaritan and that's oxymoron on his own because the Israelites didn't see the Samaritans as good. In fact, they saw the Samaritans as bad. And like I said, John was trying to um, disabuse the reasoning of the Gnostics, which were Jews, that believed that everything heavenly was good and everything earthly 
is bad. So that what Isaiah said, that I behold, I see, a, I see a God inside a man. That is the definition of Emmanuel, God inside of man. The Gnostics, the Jewish religious sects, disbelieved that that a good thing can be inside a bad thing. In other words, there cannot be any such thing as oxymoron. So, going to the subject that I used to begin this topic of oxymoron, the Good Samaritan, I want to go into Luke's account of this Good Samaritan. And the story we all know, a man that was traveling, he traveled and on his way, he was robbed and he was a Jew. And he was robbed on his way to where he was going. And on his way, a priest saw him. And a priest is the most uh, sacred person, the holiest person that goes into the Holy of Holies, the high priest mostly. And um, he saw the man lying by the side of the road. And he crossed to the other side of the road, being ruled by religion and tradition that he should not touch anything that is bloody, he should not touch anything that is dead, he should not touch anything that will stain his garment so that he will be able to continue to enter into the most holy place. That is religion at work. Religion does not enable you to do the things of God. Religion keeps you in the past. Religion keeps you viewing your um, viewing ahead by looking into the rear view mirror. That on its own is also an oxymoron. We have turned the things of God upside down. We are forward, we are backward looking into um, a rear view mirror and we think we're looking ahead. Uh, little wonder why the children of Israel continued even after they had left the wilderness. They took the brazen serpent into um, the promised land and for a long time even after the wilderness situation after the Lord delivered them with the brazen serpent that is the serpent that they had to look at when the snakes beat them so that they did not die and they kept it and continued to worship the brazen serpent thinking the power was in the serpent rather than in the pronunciation of God in the in the promises of God, in the word of God, and in the ways of God, and in the future that the Lord is making, and in the presence that the Lord has brought to us. And we continue to look at the past and think that the things of the past is going to settle us ahead. But that in itself is an oxymoron, is a mistake. It's a cross-multiplication of truth. It is taking us into a dangerous arena, a place where we do not move forward, and then we continue to wonder why are the things of God not working? It is because we're not doing the things of God the way the Lord wants us to do them. Now, the story of the Good Samaritan, like I continue, the priest saw him went to the other side of the road. Um, then Levites came, who are also younger priests in training. Um, and they also saw him and they did not help the Samaritan, they did not help the Jewish man either. They moved to the other side of the road and went on their way. 
and the Levites, like you know, they were the ones that were in the outer court and also in the inner court, while the high priest um, was in the Holy of Holies. Now, the third person that came and walked by was the Samaritan that every thought was supposed to be bad. He was supposed to be the one that should have crossed so fast that he would even assist that man on the side of the road. So, but he went and he ensured that the man, he picked up the man, took him to an inn, made sure that the man was well treated and told the, the keeper of the inn that if there's anything you need further, after you have expended this money that I've left for you in taking care of him, when I come back from my journey, um, I will reimburse you. Just make sure the man is well. And Jesus asked them, and this story is in Luke 10, verse 25 to 37, the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37, the Good Samaritan. And... Um, Little wonder it was written by Luke. Luke was a doctor. He was the one that wrote the, the, the gospel according to Luke. And he was the one that wrote the Acts of Apostle. Now Luke was one that worked with Paul. And there was nothing in the there is nothing in the in the gospel according to St. Luke that was not tested or tried because he was a doctor. If he could not convince himself why the things that happened were so, he did not put them because everything he did, he carefully tested them and ensured that um, scriptures, interpreted scriptures, or the things that were said matched the things that were done or he carried out empirical facts to make sure that these things were done. It is the likes of Luke that said a little wine for the belly so that he was talking about when a man is sick and his belly is sore, they used to use a little wine to heal the tummy when the man had probably ulcer or um, acidic um, internal tummy walls. His, his tummy was still acidic. So they, they used to use a little wine to heal the tummy. So he wasn't saying that drink a little, that is okay. He was saying it is actually medicinal when you have issues of the belly. But any which way, let's move ahead. So Luke was also somebody that was writing empirical facts. He wasn't writing to um, convince the Jews that they were doing the right thing or that they are thinking. He was trying not trying to corroborate the thinking of the Jewish traditions and customs but he was trying to write the things that were factual were empirical and were um, um, visible and that he could really explain now another story i'd like to tell you that's the one of the good samaritan and he was a samaritan a man from samaria that did that he was supposed to be bad but he he did a good thing now in the same vein John also wrote about um, a lady. And for, funny enough, she's also from Samaria. She's called the Samaritan woman, the one that Jesus met at the well. And of course, Jesus told this woman, 
give me a little water. He met her around 12 noon. They were just coming from a long trip. And Jesus was, uh, he was, he was famished and he was hungry. His disciples went to buy meat. Jesus sat down at the well while his disciples went to get things, something for them to eat. So this woman was fetching water and he told the woman, he said, give me a little to drink. And the woman was amazed that you, a Jew, is asking me, a Samaritan, to give you water, knowing that you guys do not even talk to us, talk less of expecting us to do something for you. And Jesus began to explain that that is actually a wrong mindset and a traditional backward rearview mirror looking. And that he told her, he said, a time is coming because even the woman said that we cannot worship your God because your people say, that's the Jews, the Jews say that except to worship in Jerusalem, that we cannot actually our, our prayers cannot ascend to heaven because it is only in Jerusalem we can worship and we cannot worship in our hills. And Jesus said, neither here nor Jerusalem that a time is coming that you don't have to be in Jerusalem, neither would you have to be on a mountain to worship and your prayers will ascend to heaven. He said, the time cometh and now it is, it is and that that time that you'll be able to worship from anywhere and your prayers will be heard by God and it will be able to ascend to heaven. And he said, and the lady said, yes, that yes, I know that um, in the, the time of resurrection. And he said, the resurrection is here and is staring before you that I am the resurrection and I am the life telling the woman she's the resur resurrection and the life. And this woman was even the kind of Samar Samarian woman that even the Samaritans refused to blend with, refused to talk with, refused to relate with. Because she fetched her water 12 noon. Nobody goes to the well or nobody comes out, not even the men, come out to walk in Israel at 12 noon because at that time the sun was scorching hot things were difficult more difficult to do it was a tough terrain like a wilderness so much so that the sun was so harsh around the noon that even the men they came out from morning before the noon they will stop whatever they were doing and the women will come after the noon in the evening, in the cool of the day, when the sun had set, to do whatever they wanted to do. So the men walked in the morning, the women walked in the evening. But this woman, because nobody liked her, men didn't want to see her, they saw her as an evil, promiscuous, sinful woman. Because she had had six husbands, five husbands before the sixth one she was with right now, which she was not married with, married to but she was living with. So ordinarily, a Levi and a priest would not even have talked to her. No, even not going that far. Even a normal Jew that did not know anything about the Kabbalah, did not know anything about the Torah, did not know anything about the five books of Moses, would not even talk to this Samaritan woman. Because even the Samaritan, so it's like saying um, she was the poorest of the poor. 
that even the people that were regarded as poor, she was chief of them all. So she was the chief sinner. Even the Samaritans that were regarded as sinners also regarded her as a sinner and did not want to mingle with her. But here is Christ, the Son of God, that came from heaven to deliver. He talked to her. He related with her. He spoke to her. He even collected water from her to drink. And guess what? The woman that was seen as the chief sinner, at the end of the day, what was the result of the discussion she had with Jesus? She went home, told everybody, because when Jesus asked her, I said, go call your husband. He said, uh, he's not my husband. And, and Jesus said, you have, sell, you, have, you, have, you have spoken well because you had five other husbands and the one you live with right now is not your husband. And so you have answered well. So this woman went home and said, I have met a prophet that told me my life story. And she brought everybody in her household to come and be ministered to by Christ. And they were saved and her household was blessed. Now, this is somebody that was seen as a sinner of the sinner. Now, to just juxtapose that with another story in the account of the same John, gospel according to John, but this time in John 3, verses 1 to 6. Now, this is talking about a ruler of the synagogue, a doctor of the law, and his name was Nicodemus. And this was the man that came to meet Jesus and asked him at night. Now remember, Jesus met this uh, Samaritan uh, woman at the well. He met her at noontime. It was still bright. It was the time of salvation. It was the time of revelation. But this man that was supposed to have known better, that was a religious sect leader, he came to Jesus at night. And the reason why he did that, he didn't want others to see him. But sincerely, he wanted to know what he needed to do to be saved. But because all the other religious leaders were the enemies of Christ the most. I won't want to go into that and preach another message from that angle. But he came. But he came at night so that he would not be seen, noticed. And when he came to Christ, he said, what must I do? To be saved and that's where the famous um scripture or the famous quote comes except the man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god and this is the one time to one man on one occasion where jesus has told anybody that you need to be born again the reason why christ came is not that he came to preach for us to be born again but he came to preach the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven um so this man, when he came, a leader of the, the, the ruler of, the, of, 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 the, of um, the synagogue, when Jesus told him the things he needed to do, instead of the man to understand, he was confused the more. The sinner we thought that would be confused understood the gospel and was saved. But he that was supposed to be a religious person, he was confused the more because religion blocked him from the truth now the oxymoron here is that sinners accept the scripture 
religious people run away from the scripture. Little wonder Jesus mentioned the synagogue in the book of Revelation. And Jesus, or Christ rather, referred, or Christ Jesus, referred to the synagogue in the book of Revelation as the synagogue of Satan. I wonder what Christ is talking about the church today. Most of us have gotten so religious that we have sieved out the truth and we have followed after tradition. Now, this is an oxymoron. Let us search ourselves. Let us embrace the love of Christ. Let us accept the simplicity. When we look forward, let us not look at the rearview mirror. And because I don't know how many of us that drive, that when we're going forward, we will not look into our rearview mirror. And when, the, when we see in our rearview mirror that the, the, the traffic light at the back shows red, we will now stop in front. That is oxymoron. That is not to be done. So if we think that is stupid and we think that we, we cannot do that kind of thing, that that's the dumbest thing we can do. But that is what we're doing in the spirit realm. We are looking at our rearview mirror and we are stopping in front because of the things we see behind. And I might just say, in order to corroborate that, he says, uh, Christ says that he that puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You can get that in Luke 9.62. I want you to have a blessed, wonderful, beautiful Christmas. And may the Lord bless you in Jesus' name.